Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the 415. I'm Raina Star, so you don't have to be. With me, as always, co-host and wonderful person, the amazing Star Bustamante. Say hello, Star. Hello, Star. <laughs> the 415 is brought to you by the Wild Hunt and Desperate House Riches. Please note that the opinions expressed on this show are those of myself and my co-host and are not a reflection on anyone or any entity. There is cursing on this show, so if that's offensive to you, okay. Have a wonderful day and a happy new year. But we're doing what we do. So we've got some interesting stories. Uh, We're going to start with some medical information. Uh, as reported from various sources, about a new subvariant, COVID-19. COVID-19. Isn't it like COVID-55 at this point? I can't keep up anymore. Um, <laughs> it feels like it. It just seems like there's always something new, crazy happening, and I'm just, I'm so vaccinated. It's like, okay, do I wait? Do I get another vaccine? What's happening? What do I do? Well, you're, uh, as near as I can tell, the information that we have so far is that those of us who got the most recent booster are probably still protected. And um, the subvariant, um, it's an Omicron subvariant. It's XBB.1.5, and it's right now it's the dominant uh, variant in the U.S., um, like making up about uh, 44% of all COVID cases, which is up quite a bit from just being uh, 25.9% the previous week. And this is according to uh, Reuters and, and information from the World Health Organization. So the big concern with this is that it's just like it's the most contagious variant of the virus to date. Uh, they don't really know if it's more severe yet uh, because they just don't have enough data um, but they do expect that it is going to um, be even more widespread. So my advice to you is if you've not gotten boosted, get boosted. And if you're going to be places where there are lots of people, especially indoors, wear a fucking mask. That's my advice. That is my advice in addition to if you can get vaccinated, please do. For your safety, safety of you and those you love and those around you, you know it's it's been kind of scary. I, I'm noticing that the long haul COVID effects are a serious thing, um, especially for folks who didn't get vaccinated uh, back when the recommendations were first, you know, out there. Kind of, I've noticed that some people that I know are suffering mightily. And um, I'm concerned about it. A lot of and a lot of young folks seem to be really badly affected. Yeah. Well, there's been um, so like the the most current research really indicates that um, you know first of all, long COVID is the thing, and uh, and a big thing. There's not really there are not really good numbers on exactly how many people might have long COVID. Um, Mm -hmm. I've seen everything from just, you know, 
hundreds of thousands to several million to as much as 25 to 30% of those that have been infected uh, ending up with some form of lingering COVID, but they don't know if it's really long COVID. Um, I mean, basically, they just don't have enough data to, to really say for sure at this point. I mean, there's not enough, re- but there is, there's plenty of research being done, and almost all of it indicates that the virus tends to attack organ tissue, cause blood clots, um, and a bunch of other just really fun uh, <laughs> fun things that none of us want. Uh, you know, like the the laundry list of of uh, of viruses. I mean, or of impacts from the virus are are just pretty pretty awful. Um, so, you know, and the other thing we should point out for sure is that there's really no immunity. Um, while you might have immunity for that lasts for you know anywhere from four to six weeks, as more variants uh, develop, then you're not you're probably not going to have any kind of immunity to to new variants. But I mean, a, a lot of a lot of what the current research shows is that um, breakthrough infections are common, which means that it um, manages to get around the the vaccine protections uh reinfections are common and not rare like they were um originally thought it can cause brain damage blood clots heart attacks um and while vaccines help uh the most effective thing is you know just personal hygiene washing your hands and wearing masks uh from everything that i've seen so All right, moving right along, and before we do, I want to remind everybody, please check out wildhunt.org. Give the Wild Hunt all of your support. It is the pagan paper of record. We need it. We have to have it, especially in times like these. Well, in every time. We need we need the Wild Hunt. Uh, so please visit wildhunt.org. Become a sustaining member. Throw an ad up there. I mean, can make any kind of arrangement. It's less than a cup of coffee per day, per week even, depending on your tasting. That's wildhunt.org. Thank you so much. All right, let's talk about one of the elephants in the room, George Santos. Now, i got to admit, a few weeks ago, I'd never heard the name George Santos. What the hell? Who is this guy? Why all of a sudden is like everything? I mean, he got into elected office, but sort of, kind of not. What happened? Well, I mean, he definitely was elected, but it turns out pretty much everything that he said was uh, not true. Where he said he went to school was not true. Um, where he said he worked was not true, um, you know, and now there's concern over, um, like, his financial record is, um, which may violate, uh, violate some laws, and then there's also this whole thing with Brazil that apparently he stole, um, like he admitted he admitted to using stolen checks in Brazil in 2008 yeah. um so that's that's a whole nother investigation um but the other stuff is you know basically ethics violations but really it's up to the um it's up to Congress to hold him accountable for that. And as we've seen, <laughs> um, I don't think there's any chance of that really, really happening. Um, but I mean, uh-huh. like some of the things that he's said have just been like pretty horrific. Um, you know, his mother's died at least twice, according to posts that he, that he's made uh-huh. on, on Twitter. He claimed that, you know, his grandparents, fled uh Ukraine during the Holocaust that is a lie um just 
which I, a lot of uh, family members who are, you know, who their parents or grandparents were survivors of the Holocaust have been pretty, pretty horrified by, by those statements. Uh, I mean, he is just one big old train wreck and just a liar, basically. Yeah. Well, he needs to go. I'm just saying. <laughs> well, I don't understand the, how how is how is he even eligible for anything? I mean, is it just a question of the other shoe has not dropped, uh, or I mean, what are what's being done about the situation? Well, because he was elected, you know, I mean, it, there's the only way that they can hold him accountable is is with ethics violations. Um, unless, you know, now this thing with in Brazil, uh, you know, if he's if if he's convicted of a crime, then uh, I'm pretty sure that then they can remove him from office. But you have to remember that Congress is allegedly <laughs> controlled by Republicans at the moment. I mean, they have the majority. Uh, so it would really be up to them to uh, to take some kind of action. Um, but mm-hmm. as we're going to talk about in a little bit, um, you know, they have they have their own problems to uh, <laughs> to which I think we should talk about that next. <laughs> okay, um, we can talk about that next. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> yeah, because well, they, well, they, well <laughs> I'm sorry, it's hilarious they, to me. I, I, well, it, I it is it. it is hilarious. I mean, it's both sad and ter- it's sad, terrifying, and 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 hilarious. Um. So who who knows what's going to happen um, with with with, but. So if you consider that it's up to the Republicans to hold Santos uh, accountable, and let's just talk about where we are right now with the Republican House. Okay. You know, the the Republicans have a very slim majority in the House, which gives them control. Yep. And currently, we're working on the tenth tenth vote to try and uh, vote in a speaker. So this is day three of yeah. the Republicans unable to elect a speaker of the House, which. Kevin McCarthy is uh, who was put forth, but there's about 21 Republicans who, uh, for a number of reasons, don't want to support him. So basically, nothing can happen in Congress until until McCarthy or someone is uh, voted in as Speaker. So all of the incoming uh, freshman congressmen, they are no nobody can be sworn in. No legislation can be uh, addressed until a speaker is chosen and and voted in. So mm-hmm. it's it's a mess. So so the chances of them, um, <coughs> excuse me, uh, even getting to addressing, you know, issues like Santos at at this point in time uh is pretty unlikely um and it's pretty unlikely that that they will at any point unless there's enough pushback within their own caucus to, you know, um to do something and I I I I seriously doubt that that we'll see anything happen. Now I could be wrong. Now if there's criminal charges uh, filed against Santos, then that makes it a, a, a different thing. Now, apparently, that that is what is happening in Brazil, but 
uh, and there's also some questions as to how he went from, you know, his his income when he first uh, ran for office was like he was making fifty five thousand a year, and and in this last, because this was not the first time that he ran for office, um, but in this election, like he his assets were like I don't know, like several million. Uh, that's a that's yeah. a pretty big jump. <clears throat> so, uh, I I imagine that this is going to be something that we are going to see in um, in the. Uh, it, this is going to be a continuing story. Yeah. So. Which is good. <laughs> I shouldn't. Lie. I know, but I have, it's just too, I've never seen this happen in, I mean, it's, it's unprecedented, is it not? Well, I don't know that I would say that it's unprecedented as, as far as like what's going on with the, with the, um, the speaker. Uh, The last time, the last time that they could, that it that <clears throat> that the first time uh a speaker was voted on that the vote failed was a hundred years ago, so in nineteen twenty three was the last time that uh a speaker was not elected in the in the first round of voting um wow beyond beyond that like in nineteen fifty five or eighteen fifty five so, over two, what, that's almost 200 years ago, 100, 175, something like that, uh, two months before they managed to uh, to, ele- to elect a, a Speaker of the House. So, there's the potential for this to, to go on for, you know, a while, I suppose, but I can't imagine that the um I, I don't see it going that far but who knows. I don't think that the Democrats are are gonna give an inch. They have all repeatedly voted for Jeffries, um every you know, all nine votes so far. Um and whether or not they're gonna go for a tenth vote, uh uh like right now, it's clear that McCarthy does not have have the votes again. So, so how long can this go on? I mean, in a real sense, indefinitely, really? I suppose. I don't know that there's any that there's uh, any rules that. Um, I mean, they have to pick a, a speaker, and that means that they have to have a simple majority. And uh, McCarthy has fallen way short. Uh, I keep right. hoping that a bunch of them will just uh, vote present and not vote, and then Jeffries becomes speaker. How hilarious would that be? But how does that work? And, and I was hoping you could explain the fact that they keep saying, I mean, I keep hearing people voting for Jeffries, and it's like, but he's not part of that team. What's happening here? I'm a little confused. Why? Why is? Why is that happening? Well, each caucus always puts forth their own their own candidate. Okay, so yeah. the the Democrats nominate one of their own, and then the Republicans nominate one of their own. And usually the way that this works is that whoever has the majority, they all vote for whoever's been nominated. So, um, you know, if even if your majority is only five or six, uh, you know, members, then you're still going to, you know, that's enough to, uh, to win the election for speaker or the vote for speak, speaker in the House. But what's happening right. today is that you've got, you know, 20 to 21 
Republicans who have demands and want to limit what the speaker can do, uh, some of which McCarthy has agreed to, but they still won't vote for him. So basically they're holding everything hostage to try and get what they want, um, which according to uh, Lauren Bobert, Bobert uh, from Colorado is that they want to, uh, McCarthy to withdraw his name uh, as a nominee for Speaker of the House, and he's not going to do it. So um, basically they're just uh, – this could just go on forever unless the Democrats step in and back McCarthy, um, which is yeah. unlikely because what, whatever they might want in exchange for doing that is – liable to not be anything that's going to resonate with the Republicans. Uh, so McCarthy's unlikely to go that route, at least at least for now. Um, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, but, you know, it's basically just, uh, you know, a game of attrition at this point. Because if enough members aren't present when, when the vote is called – or enough choose to not to to vote. So like they can be present and choose to not uh, to not vote. So like when you look at the ticker, um, like if you go to um, and by the way for anybody who's, who's listening at home, uh, you can go to um, to cspan.org/slash-congress uh, and there is a uh, live cameras. Uh, there's a live live camera feed, and they have a ticker box. And what you'll see in the ticker box is you'll see McCarthy, you'll see Jeffries, uh, uh, Byron Donalds was has been nominated the last couple of days. He is a black uh, congressman from I think Florida, maybe. Um, and then they also nominated Hearn this time. Uh, so as it stands right now, McCarthy has 174 votes. Jeffries has 186. Donalds has 16. Hearn has three. And so far, nobody else has been has been nominated, and nobody else has uh, voted as uh, just present. Which basically, so if enough people vote present, which means that they're saying, I'm here, but I'm not voting for any of these assholes, <clears throat> then it lowers the threshold for what is required for uh, a simple majority. But the way things stand, that you're not going to see very many uh, Republicans doing that because in every vote so far, uh, Hakeem Jeffries has had 212 votes, like every single one. So every single member of Congress that is a Democrat has voted for Jeffries, like consistently, whereas Republicans, yeah. McCarthy's had anywhere from 203 to 201 because of those 20-odd uh, GOP members that refused to vote for him. So let's say that let's say that 15 of them decided that they were going to vote present. Then that lo- that lowers the threshold for what a simple majority would be. And I think that with 212, it, it would take enough of them to lower it to, to 212. But Jeffries could win the vote and end up being Speaker of the House. Um, you know, there's a number of ways that this could play out. Like let's say that okay. you know, let's say that six. Republicans cross the aisle and vote for Jeffries. He becomes Speaker of the House. Um, by the same token, if you know uh, a dozen Democrats cross the aisle and vote for McCarthy, then they would ensure his, um, you know, him securing the Speaker of the House position. But the way it stands currently. Um, you know, it's hard to say. Maxine Waters right now, uh, and I'm watching this live, just stood up. Uh, she yeah. just voted and, and 
I'm not sure what she said because I have the sound off, but it, it looked like she was giving somebody the business. Um, but so this could go on, you know, indefinitely. I don't know that there's any rules in the Senate for how long how long this can go on. Um, like I said, two months. In in 1855, it took two months to to secure the vote. So that's pretty amazing. Yeah, me. I mean, well, I didn't realize that this could just continue and and just be what it is. I I think that's fascinating. Well. I think the big thing here, the, the, perhaps the most important uh, piece in all of this is, okay, when this all started, okay, on, on uh, January 3rd, when the new Congress ca- came in, the first thing they do is they elect a speaker, and then they swear in all, all of the, the new members, right? So yeah. now imagine that if you were just newly elected as a, as a congressperson, <coughs> the you're going to want your family there you know if you've got you know a husband a wife a kids whatever grandma you know this it's a big deal especially for for a freshman congressperson right your whole fucking family's going to be there so the gallery for that first day was absolutely jam-packed with people's families waiting to see them sworn in and then you have this fuckery going on so how however this gets resolved the one thing that will be the outcome of it is that many of those freshman congress people their families will not get to see them sworn in because the longer this drags out the better the chances that, you know, they have to go back to school, they have to go back to work, they can't just stay in D.C., you know, until this finally gets gets resolved. So they're big losers in this, you know. Their families are not going to get to see them sworn in. Uh, and beyond that, they're basically putting it to, to the American people because no legislation can happen. Like zero, nothing can happen until a speaker is chosen. Really? So they actually cannot do, no one can do their job, is what I am hearing, until an actual, so is there a scenario where their hand is so forced, and I know this is pie in the sky, I'd love to see Hakeem Jeffries as their speaker, obviously, I'm a liberal, so of course I'm going to say that, but is there a do you think that's a real possibility? Well, okay, so let me ask you this. You know, who would have ever thought that fucking, you know, the former guy would get elected? You know, who would have ever Anything thought? Anything is possible. Yes, I agree with you. Donald Trump, the former guy, we hate saying his name, I get it. But he made the impossible possible. Everyone said there's no way that guy's going to get elected. And all of a sudden, he got elected. And, you know, those of us who were in the know and paying attention realized, oh, shit, this has really happened. And tried to warn everyone who wanted to go third party to please not do that because we really, it was not, we were not uh, wanting to be punished because we didn't get Bernie. Um, listen, I was, a, I was a Bernie supporter, but when I saw the man wasn't going to win, you, you got to go with what's going to win. And I, I'm still raw over that, but that's just me. You guys know how I am. But, yeah, so anything is possible, but is it really? I mean, it only seems to work for Republicans sometimes. I don't know. Maybe it's me. Now, one thing that I think that they can do in the House is um, I think if they can come up with a majority, they can agree to have um, someone swear in, uh, because I think Nancy Pelosi said this uh, 
yesterday or the day before that um of how she she mentioned how unfair this was to to new members of 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 Congress and that that they mm-hmm. i think with a simple majority they can agree uh for somebody to function as dean and uh, and and then be allowed to to swear in those new members but you know so far that is not that has not happened but even even so even once they swear them in they can't they cannot handle any legislation they can't do any work until a speaker is chosen and 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 voted in so yeah so basically they're holding us all hostage um you know i suspect that if this continues for much longer that sooner or later what you're going to see is some of the ranking members of of the house on uh, you know in the GOP they're going to they're going to come up with something um but i want to take you back to when uh when Boehner was speaker of the house and the rise John of the tea party Boehner. Indeed, John Boehner. I remember him well. We used to call him Captain Orange. Yes, indeed. What of him? Well, so of all of the speakers that we've had in the last over the last two decades, he probably had the absolute worst job of just about any of them. Although, if even if McCarthy ends up becoming Speaker of the House, I don't know how he, uh-huh. you know. I, I doubt that he what his level of uh, of effectiveness is going to be, but Boehner had all of those fucking crazy Tea Party people, okay? Which yeah. is yeah. you know what what st- started as a grassroots thing, but then you know kind of got hijacked by, um, you know Carl Rove and his ilk basically, and they they kind yeah. of and really that was kind of the the part of the roots of of the MAGA people really. But anyway, I digress. But Boehner, you know, I mean, part of the reason that that he had such a tough time was that the kind of stuff that we're seeing right now with these 20-some-odd senators or uh, congressmen holding holding the speakership hostage, if you will, and the whole rest of the country, um, it's the same kind of crap. Uh, So... Even if McCarthy manages to get elected somehow, what, how effective he's going to be as speaker? Because he, I mean, like if he can't even secure a vote to be speaker, and it's you know, and like we're getting ready to go into the tenth round of voting here, um, mm-hmm. that does not speak well for his ability. Because whoever is speaker has to run the house. I mean, you look at how well Nancy functioned as speaker, how tightly things were run, uh, all of that. Um, you know, I don't know. I think it's going to be a shit show for the next two years is mm-hmm. is, is what I think. But I want to also yeah. point out that um, Matt Getz, Gates from Florida – Nominated mm-hmm. Trump as Speaker of the House <laughs> in yeah, like the. I, 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 it was, even, I didn't even take it seriously. It's the one time I didn't take a Trump press seriously. I'm like, yeah. But you know what? I don't know if that's not going to happen. I can't say for sure. So I really should just not say anything about that because I could be totally wrong again. Ugh. Well, I think it's unlikely. I mean, but that does bring up something, a, a, an important point, and that is that you do not have to be elected to be Speaker of the House. Uh, you know, like you don't have to be elected by the people. So um, they could, in fact, uh, vote to appoint someone as Speaker who is not an elected official. So, so that, that absolutely is a possibility. Uh, but I think it's unlikely because there's still too many never Trumpers in the Republican Party, and um, I just don't—I I don't see that as being as being uh, possible. 
But yeah. who the hell knows? I mean, these these folks are are Looney Tunes as as it is. I mean, it, it, and it's just getting it's just getting worse. So, you know, as yeah. as much as I'd like to tell you that's not a possibility, I can't say that for sure. <laughs> It's all really damn exhausting. I I, I can't keep up. It, it <laughs> we're hopping from one foot to the other half the time. I mean, listen, I'm not gonna lie. I'm enjoying watching McCarthy squirm because he was so damn sure that it was gonna be his. Come to find out, nah, maybe not. So, yeah, I just. I don't know. I, I'm not upset at watching his displeasure. Unfortunately, it is affecting other people. Um, but in the game of politics, when doesn't that happen, to be honest with you? So, you know, my little bit of schadenfreude, I hope, is forgiven. But, um, yeah, that's, that's interesting. Sure. Do we uh, want to move on? <coughs> Sorry. Yeah. Hello. Do we, want, do, shall do we, we move want, on? Shall we move on to the yeah. next topic? All right. Sure. But before we do, before we do, let me remind everyone to please support the Wild Hunt. Please visit wildhunt.org. Give them all your support. Please give. Donate generously. We appreciate it. It is the pagan paper of record, and we keep it afloat. And it's got real journalists, which are hard to find, let me just say, uh, in this this world of schlock information. The Wild Hunt actually gives you real journalism, people who actually go there and see what's happening and write it down. So wildhunt.org. Thank you. Okay, so we were going to talk about words used in journalism. And you know, there was a propensity for a very long time, pretty much forever, where journalists, to my knowledge, didn't use certain words like liar, terrorism, you know, some heavy-duty words, you know, especially in politics and about politicians, you know. Uh, there was always a lot of dancing around, oh, he misspoke or, um, you know, things are misleading, but there was this real fear about using the word liar. <laughs> I'm I'm hoping and 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 seeing that maybe now, certainly since Trump, I've noticed that people are more brave about using those words. Um, you're a journalist. What's your take on all this? Well, I mean, I think that you have to be careful in what you say. Um, yeah. well, I think anybody, I mean, like, you know, the number of people that that read what I write are, is is negligible. But when you're talking about journalists who have huge platforms, I mean, you know, people like Jake Tapper, okay, um, you know, he has millions of people following him online. When he says something yeah. – um, you know, it has the potential to have a, a huge impact. Um, but, you know, and there was definitely a tendency to shy away from, you know, calling what Trump was saying lies. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was just a tendency to to not, to not do that. Um, but what we've seen over the course of, of the last uh, – you know, I think January 6th changed everything. So where, whereas, you know, there might have been some uh, leeway there uh, of trying to stick to, you know, what was proper, I think we've really moved away from that. And, uh, and frankly, I think we needed to. Um, we need to call things by their, by their proper names. Um, when somebody acts like a fascist, we need to call them a fascist. Um, that is not something that you can be um, 
pussyfooting around, frankly. Uh, and yeah. and there have been there have been plenty of things that have happened in the last four or five years that most certainly fall in uh, it, you know into the category that that can be defined as as uh, fascism. And I, and I think that it's important that we we say, oh look, <laughs> this here this is fascism. Um, we've kind mm-hmm. of seen that with. Um, all of the anti-Semitism, you know, that people have finally, uh, they're calling it out. And they're creating an awareness about, uh, you know, about the fact that that this is happening and why everybody should be concerned about it. Um, So I I think that that that's a good thing. but But I do think that there still needs to be more attention paid to when, Someone, you know, if they're using dog whistles for white mm-hmm. supremacy, for racism, yeah. for fascism, yeah. we have to call that out. And, you know, we can't wait. And and this is not just journalists. This is everyday people. Um, you know, I mean, almost everyone is on social media. When you see some bullshit, you need to fucking call that shit out. You can't just say, oh, well, you know, I'm just going to scroll on by. Um, you know, yeah. report it. Report it every fucking time. Um, yeah. Listen, I got called out on social media for making a joke that said beating somebody up to a to a friend of mine about, you know, somebody was annoying her. Not even really. It was a joke. And I was like, where is he? I'll go beat him up for you. It was a joke. And I almost got banned for that. So, and that wasn't against the group. That was a joke about a husband, I think. So if we're going to get nailed for shit, let's get nailed for some serious shit. Good trouble. Good trouble. We were told about good trouble. We need to get into some good trouble. Paul, if you're going to call something out, Call it out for real. Absolutely. I'm trying to avoid fascists at every possible moment uh, by blocking and shunning as much as possible. I don't give a fuck. It's like, you know, and I've told people who come on my other podcast, Desperate House, which is, listen, uh, I put it in all the show information. If you are anti-trans, if you are anti-people of color, if you are a genderist, if you are a misogynist, if you are a racist, if you fill in the blank, because I put it right in there. Yes, I'm a liberal. If you can't get with me, you are free. Go be with another podcast. I'm totally cool. I have no problem with cutting people loose. And if I find out about it after the fact, watch the fuck out, because you won't be asked back. Um, Because it's not cool. I want to support good people, right people people who believe in the adage of live and let live and help thy neighbor. Don't fuck your neighbor over because there's enough in this world that does that for us. We really need to be supportive of each other, no matter what religion. Listen, I have a lot of Christian friends. We don't agree on worship styles. That's all it is. We're still human. All right, let me get off this soapbox because I'll sit up here. My happy ass will sit up here for the next fucking hour, and you've all heard me preach before. But, you know, getting back to words and words mattering and words having power, um, you know, we were talking, you and I were talking off air specifically about the substack, uh, substation attacks where, where power was being uh, taken out of commission in large swaths of North Carolina. Um, we, you know... They kind of made it sound like, I mean, they they made it sound as small as, oh, some kids must have been shooting off some BB guns. But you were like, no, 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 this is, this is bullshit. You called it out. You were like, no, this was an act of domestic terrorism. And it was. You put people in danger. Um, you can't just knock out power. To, to large areas, people will die. There's real-life consequences 
to not having power, especially if you're elderly or young or you have medical needs, or even if you need your medicine refrigerated and and you can't get something cold or powered or whatever it is, it can stop literally stop your life. So talk about that a little bit and how, you know, the media still needs to like have that moment where they're where they're calling things out for what they actually are. Right. Well and I think right. too so you have to understand that um that one of the things that happens is and, and this is how it starts, is so the situation in North Carolina, um, the sheriff who was in charge of the county uh, where the power outages happened, and there were, I think, two, there were two or three um, substations that were attacked with, um, uh, you know, like rapid fire guns like like an AR-15 or or something along those lines. Um they mm-hmm. knew exactly where to shoot. Uh they did enough damage that you know they had to wait on parts to to repair it. Um mm-hmm. but so the first response the the first people to report on this are always going to be locals, right? Um, you know, unless it's someplace like, like you know, like New York City where there's uh, a big, uh, you know, national headquartered uh, broadcast station. Sure. So, so the first thing that you're going to hear is from somebody local, um, usually a local official. And in this case, it happened to be the sheriff. And... His words were that it was an act of vandalism. Okay, now technically mm-hmm. that's true. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Technically that's true. Um, yeah. You know, it was most certainly vandalism, but it was also absolutely was classified as domestic terrorism, and we saw the FBI get involved. As far as I know, they still haven't arrested anybody in that case. And this was this was the beginning of December. Um, and there was a lot of speculation, um, a lot of misinformation as to, you know, and, to, and, and we still don't really know exactly what the motivation was uh, behind, behind the, the attack. But I want to point yeah. out that, you know, your sovereign citizen people who, you know, who claim that they don't have to, you know, that they don't answer to the government, um, they have, and, and other fringe groups like that have long talked about taking out the, you know, the power grids and, um, you know, and there have been, over the years, there have been any number of attacks on oh, yeah. uh, on substations and power stations across the country. Uh, what makes this interesting is, you know, well, first of all, like the language, like I said, um, and then on um, either Christmas Eve or Christmas Day, there were... Um, attacks on several substations in Washington State. And, um, you know, now they caught the people that that did that. Um, But there have been, uh, there have been also uh, physical attacks on, substations in, uh, you know, in parts of Oregon, um, you know, I mean, basically, it's it's domestic terrorism. Um, and in the case in North Carolina, if they ever, if they ever do arrest someone, they'll likely be charged with murder, because there were deaths that resulted um, from, from that, the power being disabled. And, and we should also point out that um, the area in North Carolina, those those substations are very close to yeah. um, to a military base, and there are a lot of uh, uh, government contractors that are in that area, and um, so all of that would have been impacted to a degree. Although I'm sure the base has all kinds of backup generators. Um, now, in the Washington State case, um, yeah. Two men have been were charged uh, 
like the beginning of of this week in um, in the in attacks on four uh, substations uh, on Christmas Day, and um, you know, and that resulted in you know thousands of people losing losing power, uh, and the FBI once again was involved, and um, so. You know, who knows what what will happen with that. It's definitely something to keep an eye on. And, uh, you know, we'll report back on whatever whatever ends up coming uh, from that. Uh, but both of those guys appeared in court on, on Tuesday, uh, and that's U.S. District Court because it's a federal crime. Uh, but, you know, infrastructure is going to continue to be uh, likely in the news, and I mean, and it's important. I mean, you think about what happens when you, you you lose a utility, which brings us to our next story. <laughs> um, yes, there was a water issue in South Asheville. How long? Well, folks, are, are folks has the water been restored yet? Um, as near as I can tell, it has. But, and it wasn't just, I mean, it started in South Asheville, um, like all around me, people did not have water, but because um, we're on a, on a slightly, we're on a different uh, uh, portal for our water, uh, we were not affected, but everybody, just about everybody around me was, uh, only the, these older houses, um, because none of the, the current infrastructure existed when this house was built. Um, but yeah, so much of South Asheville, um, West Asheville, um, you know, like, um, you know, other than downtown in North Asheville and, and yeah. East Asheville, which gets most of its water from Black Mountain, which is where we're hooked up. But yeah, so I would say probably, you know, maybe 40% of, uh, Asheville and surrounding areas did not have water. Uh, this started on Christmas Eve. Um, you know, in and of itself, I mean, shit happens. You know, we had zero temperatures uh, for, you know, and single yeah. digits for several several days. Um, so it's not unusual for water to be a problem under, under those uh, circumstances. What was really problematic was that the city – didn't even issue a statement really until like Tuesday. So, and people were calling in to report water outages. They were getting a lot of, um, you know, different messages on what was going on. Uh, Mills River, which is south of town, where there's a new uh, retention pond and treatment plant. Um, which is the portal that a lot of these, a lot of the areas that had problems, but it's kind of a backup station. It's not really in full operation. Um, then they said there were broken pipes, but I mean, it was almost five days before the city acted to provide resources for people who didn't have water. Um, you know, yeah. and you think of think about how much you use water. You know, so these people couldn't wash their dishes, they had no drinking water, they couldn't bathe, and it's one of the biggest holidays of the year. Um, you know, uh, it's the biggest week of the year. And for businesses, a lot of businesses had no water. A lot of them still had not had water restored, so were unable to even be open for New Year's Eve. Um, you know, that week between Christmas and New Year's Eve for a lot of businesses is make or break. Um so the and and still the city is not really um you know they're like you know kind of mealy mouth uh nonsense about well we're you know we're we've got new stuff in play and we were we're in the process of you know we were in the process of reevaluating things to offer um you know uh better uh preparedness for when something like this goes on and um but I mean, the locals are really not having it, and people are pretty angry. Uh, but at this point, it looks like water has pretty much been restored to everyone. Um, but I think that when you couple this with the power station uh, attack, I mean, it really highlights 
how important our infrastructure is and how yeah. you know whether whether it's a natural phenomenon or to you know or it's an attack that um you know it, it really has a huge impact that it's just dangerous it, it, and the fact that you know and I had spoken with you cuz I had lost power but only for a few, I mean, it was only like five hours. It was not a big deal. It was during the day, and I was pretty well lucky the way that shook out to begin with. Um, but even I had said to you, God, I'd rather lose power than water because, I mean, you're talking about health and safety issues at that point. You know, you're talking about sanitation. There's just so many other factors that go into it that and it's pretty scary i i would not do well without water i don't do great without power don't get me wrong but but i'd rather have the water than the than the power if i had to make a choice um for all of the reasons i i cited but um well you have to remember yeah go ahead well you just have to remember too that here, while Asheville is indeed a city, um, much of the surrounding yeah. area is rural. And so you have people that have livestock yeah. as well, you know. So, oh, I mean, yeah. and that was a concern. You know, we had people out in the county who's like, hey, you know, I've got donkeys and mules and, and, and cattle. And, um, you know, we rely on water and we don't have any water. Um, you know, so imagine how much water you'd have to haul for, you know, for that, which eventually, I mean, they did set up stations, and for people who were extremely vulnerable, they even delivered water, but it still was a huge and colossal pain in the ass that the big problem that I see was that, A, communication was crap, you know, just like your power outages, you know. I mean, Duke just decides they're going to do rolling power outages due to demand and it being so cold, and yet... The majority of people who lost power on Christmas Day down your way, they didn't get any kind of notification, you know. They put their fucking turkey in the oven and or their ham or whatever, and then all of a sudden the power goes out, you know. That's kind of a problem, you know, which comes back to the whole yeah. thing of, you know, like where is the communication in all of this? So, so yeah. 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 I mean, truthfully, I don't think that our power loss, was necessarily due to the rolling, their attempt to do a rolling outage. The rolling outage was, was geared to try to lessen, this just for folks who might not know, due to, uh, was supposed to lessen the strain because of how down the temperatures had dipped. Um, and, of course, the demand on the power was ex- was excessive uh, beyond what they're used to, not really excessive, I should either, because um, you would think, that the system should be able to handle whatever it gets thrown at it in a reasonable sense. We've had temperatures like this in Charlotte before, so it's not completely out of the norm, but it was earlier than normal in the season. It was not even, you know, it was just barely into winter. For North Carolina, I believe the worst uh, part of winter happened in January and February, February specifically for my recollection which is not perfect, but from years past, that's what I believe uh, is the worst month as far as cold temperatures. But in in any event, the system could not handle what was happening. I get that. Um, But the attempt to do a rolling outage was supposed to be 10 minutes here, 15 minutes here, 10 minutes here, 15 minutes here, as opposed to the five hours that I experienced. Um, If the city had warned us, uh, that they wanted to do a rolling outage, that is fine in 10 to 15 minute increments. And anybody who would complain about a 10 to 15 minute increment should really have their head examined considering how it would lessen the strain so that we all get to maintain and lighten power. Um, but I will promise you that with climate change, global warming does not need more study, we know it's real, right, folks? Um, This is something that is going to happen in the future, and it's going to be a necessity, and we're all going to have to get used to that fact so that people in hospitals don't have their loved ones die 
and that surgeons can continue to do surgeries even though the, the temperatures have dipped below freezing, uh, maintaining a certain level of power to critical areas, and I'm sorry, me watching uh, Wednesday on Netflix is not a critical area. Uh, I'm just what? saying. Yeah, what? yeah, I know. But you know, <laughs> let's 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 be human and take care of each other. We keep talking about how important that is, and we keep not doing it. So that's a problem. Um, so I'm just saying, it would. I think it would go very well, and probably better than they anticipate. If you give folks the opportunity to be part of the solution, because you know some of us actually actually believe that people want to do good. Um, I don't always believe that. I'll be a hundred percent. But I think my co-host believes more in in the fellows than necessarily do. But that makes her a good person, which is why I love her so much. But anyway. Um, you know, there was one other thing that that I did want to talk about before we go because we're already at five o'clock. But you guys will hang a little longer, won't you? Um, what's happening with DeSantis and and the "Don't Say Gay" bill that he signed? Um, I know that books are are being yanked out of libraries, uh, public schools rather, their libraries. What what the hell is going on? There? I didn't even have a chance to look into that story. Um, so when the what's been dubbed as the Don't Say Gay bill um, was supposed to only apply to teaching and what was taught in the classroom and, um, you know, not to indoctrinate children or whatever. Um, but what seems to be happening now is uh, they're using it to pressure librarians, and yeah. um, there's a, there's a whole group of women that uh, uh, what is it called? Hang on, I'll tell you. Um, but basically, they're um, they're forcing the issue, and they're trying to get any book that even mentions. Uh, you know, anything that might be LGBTQ uh, removed from, uh, from, from school libraries. So, uh, so they're really kind of twisting it around, and um, mm -hmm. it's pretty concerning, really. Um, it, it's just, uh, it, it's not good. Uh, the way that this legislation is being applied and it's being uh, applied outside of the parameters of what the law even really says. And, um, for example, Lake County has, uh, you know, has already begun removing books. Um, and the claim is that um, because it's like, you know, if it has content regarding sexual orientation uh, or gender identification, that uh, the Don't Say Gay bill, which is House Bill um, uh, 1557, uh, prohibits that. But, I mean, like they're removing things like um, the book about the, um, the penguins uh, and Tango mm -hmm. Makes Three, which is, which is a true story about two – male penguins who, who adopt, you know, who um, adopted a, a baby penguin and raised it together. I mean, that's like, this is not just like, you know, fiction. This is actually based on, on fact. Um, you know, other counties, Seminole County and uh, Manatee County have removed uh, sim similar books, and they're all citing this Don't Say Gay law. Um, so I think what we're going to see is like a continued purge of, uh, you know, any kind of library book that has even a slight reference to um, anything that might be considered, you know, sexual in content or um, gender identity, um, orientation, you know, whatever. I think that they're, gonna, they're going after all of these. And, um, right. and there's a, you know, there, there's a, a, a couple of different parents' rights groups 
that are that are really pushing this. There's one guy in particular who's like issued like <laughs> something like 1,500 challenges to books, and to the point that the school board in um, I forget which which uh, county it is that they've just like you know kind of like been throwing him out because he's not not even specific in in the complaint that he's making. So, but I, I think we're going to see a lot more of this, and sooner or later, it's going to it's going to hit a tipping point. Um, you know, but I don't I don't think we're at that point yet. Oh, and and while I'm, while I'm at, while I'm let me just throw this out there: they're uh, currently on their uh, their tenth vote in in the in the house. <laughs> it's startling, isn't it? Isn't it? A, it's fascinating to me that this is still continuing. Um, you know, we're living in crazy times. I'm just saying, you know, we're living in unprecedented waters right now. Trump changed everything. You know, we realized that, listen, I had this pie-in-the-sky idea of America that, you know, things were set in stone. And we found out, again, that the country is held together by a gentleman's agreement, a handshake, and two pieces of plywood, pretty much. Um, and I think we need to really carefully define democracy and carefully define what kind of a country we want to be. Because we're on a lot of tipping points right now, and I don't know if Kevin McCarthy's sanity is going to make it through. I mean, I'm not wishing him ill. I'm just wishing him somewhere else. But you know what? What the, what the MAGA people want to put in is much worse. So, I mean, at some point we're going to have to pick some kind of a poison, I'm sure. Um, but this is fascinating to watch, and, and it's kind of amazing to be alive at a period of time where such incredible things are happening, things that have never happened before in our country. I will be honest with you, as a person who is going to be 62 on my next birthday, um, I'm 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 glad most of my life had Roe v. Wade, and you know I would I'm glad that that my my folks of LGBTQ plus are now getting you know the love and support that they need and deserve, um, and I'm fearful of it getting rolled back. You know we've made such small strides in the past. 20 years, and, and it, it just feels like it could all be wiped away. So we've got to fight for the good things, and, uh, you know, we've got to keep the faith. But before we go, just a reminder to please support wildhunt.org. Please visit wildhunt.org. Check out the wild hunt. Give it all your love like we do. And until next time, I will see you later. So take care, everybody. Say goodnight, Star. Good night, Star. <laughs> All right, guys. We'll see you next month, same time, same channel. Take care. Ciao.